It's the Wex Appeal Podcast. Barbells, beats, and buffoonery. Three, two, one, go! Here we go. Dope conversations. That's my gang is con. Where fitness, pop culture, and a lot of random buffoonery collide. I'm coming for you. It's ridiculous, really. Hashtag space. But amusing. Wax, you, you laughed least at me, so you get to go next. <laughs> Here's your host, Wax. I was going to say I blacked out during the explanation. I, was, <laughs> I just heard space. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. It is a couple days after the CrossFit Games semifinals. Man, what a weekend in Orlando we had we we broadcast we did guerrilla radio basically we 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 showed up we had a great time and i cannot wait to share with you all the stuff that's going to come from it but today my episode is extra special because we're going to recap the east semifinals for the crossfit games with my good friends chase ingram and adrian conway and something we pulled off this weekend was a live feed for the events that were not going to be covered by CrossFit on their CrossFit channel, but we did it on the CrossFit Games podcast channel on YouTube. We got it to the people. We gave them what they wanted, and uh, I think it went off as a great success. So they get on the show. We talk about the ins and outs, what it took to make it happen, how it happened, the feedback, the pros, the cons, what's going on in Pasadena and Berlin and just a whole bunch of other stuff. And then we talk about, of course, the event and how amazing the whole thing was. So kick back and enjoy. And I hope that you like this episode and uh, make sure that you subscribe to us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We're going to do some stuff on TikTok. Um, All sorts of places and platforms. we got a YouTube channel that we're going to try and get working to. So Stay tuned. We're going to have some things popping off pretty quickly here in the next little bit. Uh, But before we begin, let's talk about my sponsors. My sponsor for the show today is Blackout Barbell, blackoutbarbell.shop to get the best apparel in all the land. I love them. I came across their page, started following along with what they're doing, and I just love their vibe, their style, Blackout Barbell. It's the two X's for eyes and a barbell for the mouth, and it kind of has that Blink-182 vibe. I love it. They're comfortable. They've got that soft tee. They've got the shorts that are the five-inch five inseam, which I love for training, especially doing heavy squats. Let those legs grow and let those legs breathe. they got the inseam in them, or they got the, the liner in them. They're super comfortable. Great shorts, great apparel, great design. Go check it out. And if you go to blackoutbarbell.shop today and use my code blackout, B-L-K, that's just B-L-K-O-U-T, blackout, you're going to get 10% off your order. And a special gift from the Wexpeel podcast, we've got stickers and things that we're going to be handing out to you as well if you use that code. So get on there today, blackoutbarbell.shop, use the code blackout for 10% off of your apparel. Get it now. Also, my other sponsor that I'm super excited to talk about is Strong Coffee Company. On the podcast a few weeks ago, we had Adam von Rothfelder, the CEO and founder of Strong Coffee. And this is not your normal coffee. This isn't the coffee that you brew. This is an instant coffee blend. I love this coffee so much. And it's not your normal coffee, okay? It is an instant latte with essentials. 
instant latte plus essentials. And that's key because in the morning fix, which is one of my favorites, it's sweet and creamy with vanilla. It is grass-fed collagen protein, coconut MCT oil, L-theanine, neurofactor, and organic coffee berry extract. That's 15 grams of grass-fed collagen protein, 5 grams of coconut MCT oil, L-theanine, and neurofactor. And all those things, they help with your energy, your focus, your gut health, muscles, nails, skin, hair. The benefits are unmatched. So get yourself Strong Coffee Company, sign up, and use the code WEXAPPEAL to get $15 off of your order. Do it today. Get over there to strongcoffeecompany.com and use the code WEXAPPEAL, or you can go to the link in bio, and that link will take you straight to Strong Coffee. Use the code WEXAPPEAL to get $15 off of your order and get hooked up with the best coffee. You can take it anywhere. All you need is hot water. You can go to Starbucks, get hot water for free, mix it up. If you do that, make sure you take a video Tag Wex Appeal Podcast and tag Strong Coffee Company in the comments and uh, so that we can check it out because we like to see it. And go back and listen to the episode with Adam Von Rothfelder to find out why we like to go get free hot water from Starbucks. Go do it. Check it out. Let's get to the podcast today with my guests, Adrian Conway, Chase Ingram, two of the best to ever do it. They did it live on the YouTube channel for the CrossFit Games this weekend in Orlando, and we talk all about it right here, right now. Check it out. All right. We good? We're good. All right. Cool. Well, gentlemen, welcome. It's it's like I just saw you just the other day. <laughs> right. But now we're all in three different parts of the country. Welcome to the Wexbeal Podcast. Um, you guys were kind of sort of hijacking the Wex Appeal podcast for the, uh, <laughs> for the betterment of the weekend. So yes. on the show today, I have Mr. Chase Ingram and Mr. Adrian Conway, who you know from the YouTube podcast, wait, no, the pod, CrossFit podcast on YouTube <laughs> live yeah. stream. The, good, um, the, the way you try to explain that is actually the best way I explain it, which is poorly. <laughs> yeah it's just yeah, it's a podcast it's not a broadcast it, it's it's not a broadcast it's a podcast but it's broadcast live on youtube for yeah so you know yeah yeah and then i was listening to it in my car on the podcast channel which yeah they put out the uh the, the radio <laughs> style version which is a whole different type of thing when you're trying to you know you have no idea who ck guy is at that time Oh man. And that's just the that's just the beauty of the whole activation there. CK guy. <laughs> Hashtag CKG if people wanna wanna yes. really get get tied up into the storyline. Yes. Um so let's let's jump into it. I wanted to do kind of a recap talking about, you know, our experience, basically how it all came to be. I actually reached out to uh, Brian Friend and, and Mike Halpin, but apparently Mike has a day job that he has to go to and Brian is on Savant's podcast. So mm. we're covering it from all angles. So but I got the two that that everybody saw on the screen, Chase, Adrian. Let's kind of just start from the beginning and and how this whole thing started. I got a phone call or a text message from from Chase at on <laughs> what was it Wednesday night at like nine ten o'clock at night. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> so this all centered around the announcement that the main broadcast was going to cover 
specific events for the weekend, mainly all the main events that main events that were on the competition floor one. So they had two competition floors. This is mainly at the the Super Semi, so North America East, North America West, and the Europe semifinal. They'll have two floors because they have double the participants or double the athletes. So for flow and schedule purposes, some events will be taking on place on a larger competition floor where they can do more heats of people. So the long tests, like uh, the test one for the individuals, 30-minute cap. Test two, it's a 17-minute cap. Uh, the team relay was going to be on that floor so just so they can run more teams in, in, a, in a quicker spot. Unfortunately, with that two floors is that they couldn't cover both competition floors, um, which seems easy to do, but it's, it's really not right. Because they're, they're completely separated. So if you have two separate competition floors, the amount of setup it takes to run one competition floor with the number of people that are walking around with cameras on the field at one time, the number of cameras that are placed in different fixed stations, at one time, all the cabling that has to come from the trucks, which are outside and run from the trucks a hundred yards to the competition floor. And I say like, it's not three cables, it's hundreds of cables for video, for internet, for lighting, for battery charging. Like it, it's wild, the setup. And to be able to do that twice, right? It's like, oh, just do another set. It's like, cool, that you're not wrong. That could happen. However, Another floor coverage like that means double of everything. Double the cameras, double the operators, double the hours, double the manpower, double the cabling, and like double the price. Yeah. You got to think like everything comes with a number. We found out, Adrian, did you hear this a couple of times? We found out that you had to like pay per hour for lighting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have to like yeah. pay. For lighting, you have to pay because these are empty convention centers, so they make money on it being used. Well, for using it, you have to pay for the use, and that includes electricity. Uh, I'm assuming water and internet. And internet in this caliber is very, very expensive. And you would have to basically Wi-Fi both competition floors. So just as the setup, how challenging that is, let alone the actual main broadcast, which is this entirely monstrous effort that I, I would say what we did really doesn't show like the complexity and the necessity for that complexity to run a legitimate broadcast. So that's just the preface. I know I just yeah. spoke a long time of just letting people really truly understand. And I did a horrible job explaining even like how robust all that is, but at a bare minimum, that's where the roadblock was. Yeah, and this isn't the modem you buy from Best Buy that you just you know place under your TV to, you know, to wire your house. This is you know high speed and making sure that everything comes along clearly because, as you know, people on the internet are fickle. They they want it, they want it now, they want it perfect. Um, and I think they didn't even grasp what what we pulled off. I don't even think they grasped how hard that was to do. Yes. And, and, and do even as, as well as we could. <laughs> yeah. As well as we could. So the, the example I like to make is everyone's been on zoom, mm -hmm. right. Or a FaceTime call and they've, they've seen someone with like a crappy internet connection. Yeah. Like, that's a zoom call. <laughs> that's your 
computer camera looking at my computer camera and we still can't get it right over a phone line. Yeah. Imagine the bandwidth you need to run a live broadcast around the world without a glitch. Yeah. And people are like, oh, you're just running it it off of phones. Well, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) these these aren't high dollar cameras. I mean, you know, yeah, they're they're expensive and they're great quality for when you're taking videos of your kids and, you know, doing cinematic things and stuff like that. But when you're doing a live broadcast, this is a whole different ballgame. So, Adrian, when did you get roped into this uh, this endeavor? (laughs) Well, when Chase was like, hey, man, would you want to do this? Would you want to cover this? Could we could we swing it together? Um, so it was literally through, you know, conversation. And it was something that we had kind of chatted about before. But we also didn't understand or know, I, I don't think, like that it would be okay. Right? Because it's like, yeah, we don't have coverage. So I'm sure Chase and I could do something where it's like a, a phone on the two of us. And at least we're there. We could talk about it. We could build an experience around it for some people who weren't present. But I just... I didn't really understand or know if it would be realistic and be accepted um, by CrossFit HQ in general, because, you know, does it skew the story of them not covering all the events and the why behind it? And then them letting us step in to to kind of fill the gap. But um, yeah, it would have been just the day before, you know, the day before it was in conversation for us because we we spent a lot of time together because we both arrived at around the same time. Chase swoops me up from the airport. I would say from then we were like talking about it like, bro, what? What can we do? What are we going to get away with? What are they going to let us get into? <laughs> and then the, the beauty behind it was honestly that it was like, wow, it, it was much more supported uh, than I initially thought it would be. Um, and then I was just, you know, hanging on for dear life and trying to see what we could produce for people. And yeah. Yeah. And hanging over the railing, trying to see everything and, and look at everything that's going on. And you don't have the in your ear camera shot of being like, okay, go get this person. Okay, go get this person. You know, you don't have your camera guys. Like I know Mike and Brian were, were waving me down um, on the sides to be like, Hey, tap chase, let them know, look over here, you know, look over there, you know, kind of, you didn't have the in-ear, you know, support. It was just kind of like sign language and flailing arms. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we can touch on the intricacies of, of doing it as it was unfolding, but I just wanted to touch on like the whole lead up was there's a lot of, so when CrossFit announced that individual tests one and three, when it be covered live on the broadcast, uh, team test, was it team test three, Adrian? Yes. Yes. Test three, which is the relay, which is a cool one to watch. And everybody that I talked to outside of the broadcast team was how can we figure out a way to help CrossFit get this covered? Right. We obviously getting the news, everyone is extremely disappointed and they have their own uh, feelings and opinions on that. But there was a group and, you know, Brian friend was a big part of this was, what are we willing to do if we are allowed to do anything? And any conversation I had with him leading up a couple of days before, I was like, I'll do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. And I know everybody else there did would and they did and i think that's a lot of og crossfit attitude that came into play because it's like we'll do whatever it takes we'll figure out whatever way to possibly get this done you know we totally hijack you know i steven i called you like i think we had a phone call at 10 o'clock at night well yeah first I you texted hijack. me i text you with a very vague 
set yeah, of. Yeah, I can't use your stuff here. <laughs> Is that what I, I can't? Remember. You're like, do you have microphones, like extra microphones and some equipment and things? And I'm like, w yeah. for what? Like for a podcast? And then I started thinking, I'm like, oh no, 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 that's not what he's asking me. And then I texted you, I'm like, you need to call me. Yeah. <laughs> call me and give me a specific set of instructions here. What are we doing? And yeah, it, absolutely. Like 100%. It wasn't even a question. If I have it, it's yours. We're doing it. Um, and the touch on a cool thing too, here is like when CrossFit finally came to me, it was like, can you do this? Would you be able to, and whatever. I was like, I was like, before, I was like, I just emailed yes. And then I sent another email. I was like, let me figure it out. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm texting you. And then we get on a phone call and I'm in, you know, it's like, it's it's late at night. And Adrian, I don't even know when I, I text you about it. I don't remember either, man. We had yeah. been talking about it the day before yeah, I mean, anyways. So it was kind of like a dream, right? It was a dream at that point. And then once they came to you officially, it was the night before. Um, and, and it might've been sometime late that night as well, but, yeah. and then we, yeah, we hit the ground running. Yep. And then, so that was Wednesday night. So then Thursday, nothing was happening on the second floor. All the action was just teams only on the main floor. So I'd spent all Thursday with you, with Adrian, with Brian and Halpin and, you know, the, the team over at, uh, HQ making a plan. What is it? It, it was all day. Yeah. I don't think. When did we leave the venue, Adrian? Like nine o'clock? Yep. It was late. It was after eight o'clock for sure. So we, I mean, and we got there at. Yeah, we didn't eat that night until like nine o'clock. Like yeah. we didn't get to the restaurant until we left at, at like nine. Oh, I forgot that we actually went to eat somewhere. Brazilian steakhouse. Oh, went to the. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, meat sweats. Uh, Bogo de chow. Bogo de chow. That's Bogo right. Bogo de chow. Yeah. We had the we had the meat sweats. We had the uh, the, the wagyu. <laughs> That's right. You're welcome. Thank you, Chase. Thank you, You're Chase. Welcome. You're welcome. So we, we spent all day on Thursday while a competition was going on, figuring out how. And here's the things we had to figure out. We had to figure out where we were going to sit. It's like, oh, that's pretty easy. Like, no, no, no. Like we need there was nothing. No. So we had to get a table set up. We had chairs, and then we had all of your podcast equipment. And then it was like, okay, great. We found our spot. Where can we plug in anything? Like there's nothing. There's no power. No power, there's no internet. No yeah. So they have to run. They had to make a basically like an extension cord run from wherever their power is coming from that they're paying extra for and run a spot there. And then we're like, we have no internet. Like we can't run anything worthwhile without that. So this guy, Dylan, makes, I, I, I don't know how, like this isn't my bag, but like, he makes a internet or an, uh, like a total ethernet cable run. And I mean, like makes it he isn't like, Oh, this is the hundred foot extender. He's like, he has the cabling and he has to like make both ends of the pieces together. Yeah. It was just and a cut wire. Like, Cause I remember pulling it up and being like, do we just like, like here's your internet. The, like, do we just rip the, rip the, <laughs> the casing off of it and shove it in the computer. And he, yeah. and he did, he built a, a whole thing to plug into your computer. And it wasn't just like the little ethernet plug. You know, it looks like the like the phone cable that you just plug into your computer because you have a newer MacBook, so it doesn't have that. Right. So he right. built that. Than we needed into then, another adapter, and yeah, yeah. And then we figured out like we needed. We didn't. It was like, okay, where do we put cameras? So we had to figure out like that. And I, by cameras, I mean everyone's personal cell phone. That's right. Yep. <laughs> everyone's personal cell phone. Top top tier, baby. <laughs> and it, the funny thing was like reading the comments, like, "Is this shot on a a, a phone?" I'm like, "Yeah." And here's the kicker on cellular, 
because we had no Wi-Fi to connect to. Yeah. There wasn't anything like the free Wi-Fi wasn't going to work because there's 5,000 people on site connected to it. So we're running these things off cell phones and cellular. But at the end of the day, like huge shout out to CrossFit that empowered us to do this mm -hmm. and trusted us mm. to because other than all the conversations we were trying to swing, because there, I mean, there was op, like base minimal option was well zero. Right? That was your that was option one, nothing. Yeah. Option yeah. two was like audio only. Option three was like me and Adrian on our on, on something like this, and they only see us and then hear things. And I'm like, that's not gonna. <laughs> I'd rather see nothing than just see me and Adrian just back and forth together. And then the option four was at our request is like sign off on us doing the best job we possibly can just trust us to run with this knowing full well the intent and like the, the people that they're entrusting us like they're entrusting you and your equipment wex and you're like you know we're vouching for you and everything you've done in this space with this podcast they're vouching for adrian who's been an athlete in the sport for you know almost a decade seminar staff right like yeah People like, you know, Brian Friend and Mike Halpin, who are people that have stepped up on no pay volunteer roles and have worked their asses off to get where they are currently. Like you have a, you have a tight knit group of individuals that have, in my opinion, proved through their own track record that they can be trusted to take this, whatever it is and try to make something. Yep. And, and they, and to their credit, they're like, Okay. And then once they said, okay, we, then we just made shit up, honestly. Yeah. I mean, gimbals dying and like, and we had, we had gimbals <laughs> go out. We had batteries almost die on phones and things like that, but we pieced it People together and made it work. Calls that we forgot to put on airplane, mo airplane <laughs> modes, for like running yes. over like, <laughs> and you're just freely telling these people because that's the moment we're in. Well, I don't know if you remember a moment, like I had to get your phone back on and you're in the broadcast and I just faced it at you and I'm just like, look, yeah. look here <laughs> so that I can get it to unlock. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and that was the setup. So it was your, your setup at the rig and you sat with me and Adrian so you could help kind of manage the, the show from behind the scenes. Mike Halpin mm -hmm. was on one cell phone. Brian friend yeah. was on their cell phone they had earbuds in listening to us call so if because because at this time we're they're following us usually yeah. we follow the camera that's kind of how the broadcast works but we didn't want it to be a broadcast that was the that was the big point of contention like we are not replacing or trying to make this a broadcast this is a podcast it's super low low budget <laughs> very low you don't five. get you don't get lower yeah. than zero, low, lower <laughs> than zero. and it was me, Adrian, two stick mics, and uh, a hope and a dream that we could try to pull this off. And uh, I, I honestly, is there's been a lot of things I've been a part of on the media side. And obviously, my experience is different than, say, other producers and directors. I think if you talk to any group uh, uh, last year, what they did to pull off the capital was mm. probably... Is it the Emmys where you can do it like for TV? Like, I, th I think so. Yeah, Emmys are TV awards. What they did, and this is, I'm, I'm dead serious. Like what they pulled off, what the games team pulled off, what the, what the production team pulled off to make the capital work is Emmy worthy. Mm. Hands down. 
it's just absolutely incredible. But for me, like this is one of my most proud moments, just being in this community period. Yep. I don't know how you feel, Adrian. No, I, I equally feel that way, man. I've been a part of some really cool stuff, even, even comparing it to the competition side. Um, some of my most fond memories of, as a competitor on, on team winning, you know, experiences at the CrossFit games and, and team being the particular highlight, like the group of us that, that rallied together with no mm-hmm. forewarning with, you know, very much just like, Hey, we, we, we made it work with, with some, with some tape and you know what I'm saying? Like some effort, um, it, it'll, it'll be something that like is forever burned in my memory. And and here's the thing is like, for me, I'm, I'm always very optimistic in regards to the, the outcome and our intended outcome was to hopefully add some value. Right. There were people that didn't understand what was going on. They were pretty critical of what we were doing at the time because they were like, Hey, this compared to a broadcast, like, come on, terrible. Blah. I'm like, you're right. <laughs> exactly. We agree. Right? And we were yes. like hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, I'm like, cool. Tell me more what we could do better. Cause we'll literally try, but I'm just telling you, we don't got, you know, we don't got resources that we're working with. We're doing what we can. But my optimism is that, you know, even in the future, it could lead to other opportunities where we do improve the quality and we are able to deliver. And it could be another source of education, inspiration, and entertainment for people within our sports space. You know what I'm saying? So if we're not on the broadcast or we have maybe two things going at once and people get an opportunity to dabble in what they prefer or whatever it is, but I'm, I'm always like thinking top down and I'm like, Hey, we, we might've done something or started something where it's like, Hey, this could, this could have some cool momentum. Well, I think uh Monday night football and the Manning cast. Two ESPN shows yep. running simultaneously ever that you think would just like gobble each other up as far as like viewers and sponsorship, but they're it's simultaneous. Mm-hmm. And some people like that format. And now yes, some people like that format. Some people like the other one. Some like bouncing back and forth between the two. Yep. But um from a kid like, like just as I said, the for CrossFit stepping up to own it that they did need to cover this somehow for them entrusting us with that task for Steven, you obviously Adrian, Brian friend and Mike Halpin. It like, it wasn't, it, it was so easy to pull off because and I don't want to say easy to pull off. It was so easy to do the work because everybody was willing to do the work and we didn't have to ask each other if they're, game could they do anything better or can't like it was like we never talked to each other yeah for five hours the only people talking to each other is me and adrian and yeah. we're sitting right next yeah. to each other yeah. after that right. we speak a word to each other <laughs> just sign language <laughs> just yeah. straight up just push them, just push them back and forth you know hey can we do an interview it was like i don't know and then like wax comes out and like installs another microphone and then we pull some headsets out of like our stage manager's backpack yes yeah. Like, yeah. We can put them in front of this camera. No, 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 no. Hold on. No, shout out to Alexis in broadcast. Yes. Shout out to Alexis. She hooked it up. Uh she went over to broadcast and she actually got um in ears for the first day and then she got the the fit over okay. headset yeah. the second day um and hooked us up with that because we were trying to find a third set of head headphones and couldn't find them anywhere because everybody's mm-hmm. got iPhones that don't have jacks. So <laughs> right. nobody nobody has a you know wired headphones anymore. Everybody does Bluetooth or, or AirPods or any of that. So yeah, just finding us uh, just finding three sets of headsets was a a task all in itself. And you'd think that would be something easy with 
5,000 people. Like, hey, does anybody have headphones? Uh, I got a pair from uh, the Airwave girl who got hers from uh, her flight on Delta. Oh, hey. <laughs> but unfortunately, that that pair didn't work. But, you know, but it's like trying to find them anywhere. So, uh, yeah, everybody was very helpful in trying, you know, anything that we needed, um, even stuff that I didn't have. If, you know, I would ask and be like, hey, you know, can like, anybody look for stuff? Some, call some friends if you could, like, borrow their gear. That Oh, yeah. To- yeah. Thursday, uh, Friday night after the after the first uh, after the first of, you know, after the first day of our of our broadcast, what I'll call broadcast podcast, um, I called up a best friend, my best friend who lived, you know, like two miles away and his wife is a is a uh, like she does video and producing uh she's a director so i'm like hey you've got to have a gimbal floating around somewhere and he's like yeah got one right here i'm like all right i'll be over there so me and uh a- after dinner actually we did it thursday night i think after dinner at uh at the brazilian steakhouse me and uh ken uh sherpa ken f- went over there to his apartment picked it up brought it in the next day and then uh he had his wife come the next day so amy came in on friday and she brought that other gimbal that that we ended up using Hmm. the the black one because the other one you needed a nap and all sorts of stuff and it was just difficult to use but the black one ended up working and we put it on the tripod and we were able to move it around and that's what we did a lot of the interviews with you know so when an athlete would you know win the heat we could just call him over to the call him over to the railing um, you know, that was a lot of what I was doing is like, I'd run out and be like, Hey, Amanda, you know, come over here. And, and are you, are you good? You want to do an interview? She's like, right now. I'm like, no, when the event's over, but you know, come over here and, and come or to the right or right now, you know, either way or right now. Yeah. We had several that came over while others were still participating. <laughs> we were getting an interview in baby. This yeah. is, you know, this is guerrilla radio. <laughs> we had the interview of the weekend, which is with uh, Calvin Klein guy. Yes. Hey. Shout out to CKG. <laughs> Listen, it was close between CKG and Alex Vigneault, though. That that yeah, but he, that, he put he put us on notice right there in that in that first event. Yeah, that was first true. test. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and he, I mean, we made an instant celebrity out of out of oh man, out of what was his name? Is Mike? His name his is name Mike. His name is Mike. Yeah, I got a picture with him. I got a picture with him too, so I got to post it. That. I'm so glad you got a picture with him. I wish I would have also <laughs> got a picture with him. I saw him. I was like, hey, man, can we get a picture? And Okay. I'm still trying to figure out who he is and why he was there. <laughs> he just wanted a good shot. He just wanted to see right yeah. in the middle of the action. So there, Okay. So here's the weird thing. So we're talking. This The chat was exploding. Yes. And I'm like, I kept seeing CK guy because I missed the first, like, Calvin Klein <laughs> reference. And I'm like, CK guy? Like, I was like, "What are the What are these people talking about?" And that was the really cool part. I'm, I'm, I'm doing left turns all the time. No, but being able to like interact instantly with those that were watching, I thought was the coolest part. Oh, mm-hmm. fantastic! And so I keep seeing like CK guy or Calvin Klein, and then someone wrote, "Interview the Calvin Klein guy behind you." It's like, <laughs> there's a dude behind me wearing a Calvin Klein shirt which I haven't seen one of those in probably a decade, but I don't hang out with people in attire that they would be wearing that. Yeah. 99% of my time. And it is like gold chain. And I was like, yeah, I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll interview him. And I'll be honest after the first question and what his answer was, I was like, I should have never come over. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I was 
like, who do you know? And he was like, I don't really know anybody out here. And I'm like, okay. And then I felt bad. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to interview a guy. Cause I was like, Hey, is this the new athletic apparel run of Calvin Klein? And then he didn't really understand that I was joking with him uh-huh. as expense a little bit. And then I was like, oh shit, I should have, I should have never, well, I should have never. <laughs> I went up to him on Saturday and I was like, so you, do you understand that you're kind of a little bit of a, a celebrity and today you're rocking the Michael Kors? So, so we went from CK okay. guy yeah, to MK another- guy. <laughs> This, this guy is in dead center front row on the center floor. Day one. Yep. Okay. And this is, yeah, day day one for the individuals. On day two. Day one Indy, Friday. Yep. Yep. Right. Day one Indy. And I'm like, do you know anybody here? He's like, no. He's like, I, he, he said something. It's like, I just started doing CrossFit. I was like, cool. So you're just here to watch. And he's like, yes. Yeah. So I'm like, that's awesome. That's, that's more of what CrossFit needs is just interested new fans. And then I see him on the second day wearing the Michael Kors shirt in the same spot. I was like, but then we're like, hey, what's your Instagram? Because clearly you must know that you are. He goes, I don't have Instagram. I was like, what about Twitter? Dude's not on social media. Wow. Red flag. So this guy's not on social media. (laughs) Rocks a Michael Kors shirt day three. And then I see him later Mm -hmm. on the Mm -hmm. other competition floor in line with the runners front and center. I was like, you're telling me you know nothing about this sport. You know, nobody here. You have a Calvin Klein shirt and then you rock the Michael Kerr shirt the next day, somehow knowing nothing about what your current celebrity status is in this community. And you know exactly where to stand for every event out here. I'm just saying either he doesn't have Instagram or he's some kind of time traveler where all they have is, Throwback bougie shirts. He's a time traveler from the 90s. Right, Adrian? Like, <laughs> hey, listen, you know I got a lot of thoughts. Right? Yeah, I, I was like, hey, man, he, he might he might have just. Tell your original. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just going to be honest with y'all now. Listen, no no judgment to this man, but the, all the things accredited to him that he, Chase just shared, I'm like, uh, he might have just, he might have just got out. He might have just got out from upstate. <laughs> Got exposed to CrossFit while he was doing his, you know, doing his time, loved it, came out, got into it, no social media, right? Don't really, you know, or, or another one, somebody's looking for him and he (laughs) he doesn't have the social media. He's tied into a community of people that are doing good things. And after the right things, he's, he's trying to hard charge it, but he didn't know he was front and center for the camera. We might have. Totally exposed him. Somebody, guy, guy right, been, yeah, right. This guy's been upstate for 15 years. He's hiding in Florida. Can't, witness protection. Like, oh, witness protection pops on the feed, and they're like, "Shit!" Yeah. And yep. said, this dumbass gets out of his seat and goes and interviews him <laughs> with 8,000 people watching. Yeah. And then so, you know, and then you said it. Someone was like, "Hey, Mikey's in Orlando. Get the crew. Yeah. We're going to get him." I we found Mikey. I, that being said, I didn't see him on Sunday. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I was looking for him. I was too. <laughs> I wanted to see if he showed up in Tommy Hilfiger. It was it, the oh. Finale. <laughs> oh, that'd have been amazing. I, I figured day four, day four was Tommy. It had to be Tommy, Ralph Lauren. <laughs> yep. Echo, hold oh. on. 
Ooh. I'm taking you guys way back. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Echo. Oh, man. Awesome. I, th- I, I, th- I feel like Echo is a different, would be a, a, a completely different vibe. I think that if you're if you're going the Calvin Fair. Klein to the to the Michael Kors, it's either Tommy or Ralph. It's one of those two, and we didn't see what he had on on Thursday because we no nobody knew. That but, guy, uh, yeah, legend. hashtag hashtag legend. <laughs> legend man. So one of the things you you've alluded to is just the sheer volume of people that were there, and you're wearing mm-hmm. the Just Show Up shirt. They showed up. Um, that was one of the things that I was very curious because just as this is my first venture into semifinals, I've been to the games multiple times, um, but I haven't gone, been able to go to like a semifinal or sanctional or regional or whatever you want to call it. Never been to any of those. I've never been able to go to any of those. No. Okay. So, but I would watch them all, you know, so obviously I watched the broadcast and one of the ones that really blaringly sticks out to me is Granite Games. And that you'd look at the stands, and yes, there might be people there, but it just didn't look like there were a lot of people there watching and spectating. Same with Mac, you know, in Knoxville. It just it seemed like an empty coliseum. This did not feel that way. You guys being on location at those types of events, did this one feel like we're kind of coming back as a community and getting to a place where we can start putting butts and seats for these types of events? Adrian, I don't know about you, but... <clears throat> over the last few years since say regionals went away like this felt so different than what we've had it was uh and i and i want to say the turning point for me and i don't know if this was the fans adrian remember in uh test four where marquan jones was going for that 290 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then he was just like he's just getting the crowd into it 10 seconds left. He just puts the crowd. He's like, Hey, let me, let me hear you. So crowd goes nuts. Thankfully he nails it. And then it like the roof pops off. I had to take my headset off. Cause when we're on a headset, like it, it blunts so much noise. So we don't know how loud it is. And I thought that was a huge turning point for the weekend for the fans. It just seemed like, oh, yeah. like it seemed like everyone is like, okay, we can, we can get engaged, right? We can go nuts. And then from there on out, it was wild. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I got to say, you know, even from like a behind the scenes conversation that's, that are being had, it's like that was a lot of CrossFit's intentionality with piecing together these semis the way that they were. It was like strategically, how do we get heavy hitters, hitters together and in greater volume, right? If there are more athletes with a following and friends and family that are willing to make the trips all in one spot. Well, we know there will probably be butts in the seats. And I think it proved it's, it's, it's valor. Like there were, I mean, in my opinion, you know, just out of this semi alone, there were several athletes that were CrossFit games caliber, like legitimate could be there, could be putting on a show in Madison and didn't get an opportunity, but people mm-hmm. got to watch them do their thing this weekend. So, yeah, I think that, I think that we're certainly there as a community, um, yeah, when Marquand hit that, it was like a big shift in engagement and momentum, I think. And it, it seemed like the tests were almost structured that way too, like throughout the course of the weekend. Then we got the more exciting and shorter, faster stuff that was like starting to really play a really big role in the in the outcome that we would see over the next two days. So I loved it. The environment was electric and it is crapping all over last year's semifinal experiences that we saw or were part of. Because I was there coaching at Granite. Chase, I know you covered that event. 
I got to cover the Atlas games. And while because it was the only one in Canada, there was a decent showing. It was only on the final day, though. It was like only on Sunday of all days. Um, and, and, and a sidebar also story about that is it we were working the event and um, Joel went um, to do a workout at a local affiliate that was literally like two and a half miles from the venue mm-hmm. in a pretty big class talking to people that had no idea that that semifinal was going on two and a half miles from that location. And so hopefully this year, those types of experiences were not in existence, right? Like people kind of being in the gray or not in the know of what's happening and where it's happening and how to get there and how to watch it. So I hope that all that stuff happened better this year and whole, you know, each week we still get to see the same kind of fruits we saw in week one. Wow. Yeah. And, And that was one of the things with also being the locations that they were Orlando, very easily accessible there was tons of things to do right around you know right around the venue itself what's that it was crazy how many things were there yeah it was like a mini vegas strip yeah you've got the you got the slingshot you've got the the, the, yeah (laughs) you got the slingshot you got the ferris wheel you've got the that big 400 foot um basically rope swing that just kind of goes around in circles that i'll never get on because that's terrifying but then you have all of the restaurants church street. oh what's that that's what that's called church street <laughs> I, I was talking i was talking to my father-in-law who worked in the nba for years and he was like oh yeah we would stay right there by that senior frogs at a, at a really nice hotel with our team when we would go into town he's like that street is called church street and it's like we'd always have to watch all the players and make sure they were hitting curfew and stuff because there's so much to do right there oh that's not in no, that that's area the, and i was like that's not there that makes sense no church street is no down, church street's downtown so Church oh. Street is right outside the oh, Emily Arena, my. where the Amway Center, the Amway Center, not Emily, Emily's Tampa, Amway Center, where the Magic, okay. where the Magic play, and that is a whole nother. That makes beast. sense. But there, there's the, another one of these things. It's so the downtown is just all nightclubs and and you know things to get into, you know restaurants and nightclubs because they have the Orlando Magic there, they've got the um, Orlando soccer teams, the 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 two football clubs there. Uh, right down the street from there is the football stadium, Camping World Stadium. Like Orlando has a ton of things, and that's not we're not even talking about the the what one two Universal is going to add a third, and then there's four Disney parks, so that's not including seven and Sea World, so eight amusement parks that you can go to all within a you know thirty minute radius because um, you've got Disney, you've got Epcot, you've got. Um, Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios, those are your four Disney parks, not including their water parks. Then you've got SeaWorld, um, the, who also has another water park. You've got Universal Studios, Islands of Adventure, which is a second Universal Studios park. And then they're doing an epic um, park, which is the third Universal Studios park that is going where you saw all that construction behind Top Golf and Andretti's and, and all that. That's going to yeah. be a third Universal park. There's literally eight gigantic amusement parks within, you know, a, a 20, 30 minute drive any direction that you can go to and spend every dollar you have. <laughs> but well, yeah, yeah, but there's there so much a- to do. There's so much to do in Orlando. And that's kind of one of the things is like one of the things I heard about Minnesota. It's like, yeah, well, there's Granite Games. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. And so it's not really a destination for people. No, I mean, it's not, not just a destination spot, but like where they had the Granite Games, 
it was to me seen like I don't I mean I don't know Minnesota but it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere there's only one hotel nearby it was at the Vikings training facility which was amazing like yeah. it, it was an incredible place to be right. if that were a CrossFit Games setting mm-hmm. different right you can you can fill it and I think some of these semifinals last year were at the mercy of the size of the venues that they were at mm-hmm. true. And the convention center was just, it was designed so well. The acoustics were great for, you know, like noise. And they they set it up great. But you're right. It's like people showed up. Thursday had great attendance on a day one, midweek, team-only day. It looked like that had matched the biggest attendance that some of these semifinals had last year. Hmm. And it just got better and bigger and bigger and louder. And it was awesome. Yeah, what I'd heard was what the rumor was that there were four thousand pre-sold tickets already, and I think we were four or five thousand pre-sold tickets already. Um, that was on Thursday, so then that's not including walk-up or anything like that. So I don't know what the actual numbers ended up being, you know, as far as ticket sales and things like that. But you also had the state um, uh, state weightlifting championships. Yeah going on right next door, yeah. um, literally, in the, I mean, technically in the same room, like there was no divider between them, but you could walk over and see the state championships over there for weightlifting. Um, just, it's just an awesome time. And then you had those weightlifters coming over and watching CrossFit. So these, these people who, you know, maybe just do weightlifting now seeing some of these people doing CrossFit as well. Um, I talked to one of the state champions who's a, who's a friend of mine, Emma Heck, who set the state record for the 15 for uh, female 59 kilo in the 16, I think she's 16 years old and she snatched um, 174 pounds and she set the state record for snatching her weight class. And she's like, I'm thinking about getting back into CrossFit and doing this thing again, you know, <laughs> and, this, and she's coming over watching everybody and, you know, getting pictures with, you know, with all the athletes and stuff like that. And she's like, I think I'm gonna make a run at it again. Mm. But she represented Team USA over in Albania for Worlds. Like, she is a incredible weightlifter. So, like, just that crossover and that bleed over, I think, was was really good. And just the venue itself, like you said, I think it was just, it, it was an electric atmosphere. As far as programming, I'll let you get into that on your show. <laughs> and, <laughs> and kind of the ins and outs of, of that and what we liked and didn't like. But all in all, the experience of the weekend, I, I I took more positive away than I did negative. The spectator event too, oh, sold yeah. out. Yeah, all three days packed, mm-hmm. and they had what? They had MCs on the floor. They were playing music over there. Yep. It, it was just packed, and those were cool little tests that they put out for them too. Yeah, I, yeah, they had uh, Joshy G was over there, mm-hmm. MCing, MCing the you know quite a bit over there. Yeah. You know, so you had a games atmosphere of being able to do a workout on the same floor that these athletes were just on doing these workouts. Yeah. It, was, it was really, really cool and really well run. I, I, I felt like I, I felt like all in all, everything moved. The movement of the facility was was good. Mm-hmm. Um, Vendor Village was packed. Um, I feel like you could have packed quite a few more vendors in, but you know, I think not knowing what you're getting into with the first semifinal. I, I think well, it was last year. Like what's the incentive for vendors to come that came the year before with the attendance that they had at their disposal? Yeah. Right. Will anyone, you know, will it be more this year? No, it's pretty much set in stone, but what I think hopefully we see the same thing in Pasadena, but better. Mm-hmm. 
hopefully people were watching at home and now are like, I got to go there now. Yeah. And you should. If right. you're at home and thought it was exciting, it is a hundred times better in person. Yes. hundred times better. It's louder. The vibe, you can feel these things in your body. Like how many times, Adrian, do we get goosebumps? Oh, man. Things happen. Right? Goosebumps or, or tears running down our dad faces over there. Yeah. F you, James Greg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was out here thinking your dad how dare you <laughs> come on man yeah so that, I, like crying for mom i'm like yeah whatever it's like i love you dad i'm like <laughs> did, yeah. did he say that I, I didn't get to hear i didn't oh, get to hear him I for like two minutes oh, oh my gosh straight up it was it was literally amazing like if it didn't pull on your heartstrings and you were there live and heard it man you're yeah. heartless yeah they're like and back to the booth i'm like what? <laughs> I am a mess right now. Sean, <laughs> you got it. I'm yeah. taking a break. Yeah, it, it and I felt like the emotion of, of everything was was good. Like it, it, it tempered well. Like there it had highs, it had lows, but I think overall the people you know, you saw the genuine excitement when they when they finally got their got their position at, at the games, when they finally got their punched their ticket. One of my favorite moments of the entire day was was Fee winning and or you know Fee punching her ticket and Man. just she was sitting pretty after Saturday but Sunday was day for her. yeah and just to so I met James and Fee last year at the games on they were on the demo team mm -hmm. and I I got to meet them I got to meet you know of course the the whole demo team you know Griffin Raleigh. Uh, Allison Scuds, Chloe Wilson, uh, Mitchell Stevenson, and Street Horner were yep. were all on on the demo team. They came over to Vendor Village where I was working, where I was volunteering with with CrossFit, and they all signed my daughter's shirt. And wow. Fee especially was just like, "We all have to get a picture with it. Like, come over here." And she got the whole team together and took a picture. And James is just James, just you know, oh, yeah. as, as goofy and as as just kind-hearted as he is and we sat and talked and and me and fee talked and when we were in wadapalooza they both came on the podcast and got to talk to him and fee spent like 15 20 minutes like just sitting in the crowd talking to my daughter just yeah. like you know asking her about all the things she's doing and they just they both kind of had a special place in my heart after after those you know experiences and to see how close they came last year and then to be able to come this year and man, just not just not just punch the ticket. Uh, it was a little close at the end for James, but mm -hmm. basically he just had to beat one guy. You know, <laughs> you got to beat one guy and you're in. You know, so it wasn't as you know as drama filled as as it was last year, obviously. But it was so good to see both of them finally punch that ticket, go to Madison, and it's going to be great to see them and just see the reaction and the pure joy that's on their face. Because you see the ones that expected to be there. Okay, yeah, you know, heck, they wave and, you know, they do their thing and they're happy. But then to see people like them just just fully embrace it, is, it was just, it was awesome. I was, yeah, I was... I was curious how the emotions and the excitement would carry over with more qualifying spots. Cause right. I agree. Today when it was three 
And then I remember when it moved up to five and when it was five, I was like, dang, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and then with 11 or 12, I'm like, okay, like how, how exciting is this going to be? We, we already know who is going. Is it going to be exciting for the last two or three spots of people that were really not like, I don't know how vested we're going to be in them. And I was completely wrong. Yeah. It might even yeah. be more so Adrian. I don't know how you think, but like, if you look at one through five, when you're taking those one through five, like those usually are just like pipe hitting locks for the majority, maybe some surprises here, maybe some stumbles. But if you look at say places ninth through 15th, there is so much volatility there because there's the athletes are usually so different, not maybe not as well-rounded. So the volatility from ninth to 15th all weekend actually was incredible and constant, which I, I I thought was not more exciting, but just as it would have been with three or five spots. So I, I think I actually played really well. Well, and I also think it makes people yeah. look at more people. Mm-hmm. So, so, so when there's only three or five, you're looking at the Danielle Brandons, you're looking at the Emma Carries, you're looking at the Amanda Barnharts, and those are the ones you're fo- hyper focused on, and you're looking at it and saying, okay, those three, that's who we're, you know, that's who we're following. And if one of them stumbles, it's like, oh. And then some relative unknown might come in and, and take a podium spot or take a, you know, take a top five. But now when you're looking all the way down to 11 and 12, you're looking not just at 11 and 12, but you're looking at that 15 to 20. Oh, who's got a striking yep. distance? And people want to say things about Brooke, but she was only six points out from qualifying. One or two things throughout the, throughout the week that, that happens and she's in. Um, it wasn't as monumental of a, of a stumble that she missed as people are, are making it out to be. And I don't know who knows this, but she was injured day one, um, going in, she had a, she had a foot injury on the first, on the first event, which hugely hampered her throughout the week. Um, you know, and I don't know how much she, she played it off. It didn't look like it hurt, but for her to finish 30 seconds behind her sister on that 800 meter run that doesn't normally happen. She would have been right there with her had she been at full strength. And that would have been enough to have easily secured her spot because she was what 30, like I think 30 seconds behind Sydney on the 800 meter, the eight snatch 800 uh, test test five. Mm-hmm. And that would have been enough to, to get her in. But you know, tis, tis the game, <laughs> but you, but you have a whole bunch of people who punch their very first ticket because now these opportunities are there, which is wild. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and what, what I like about all that, which I, you know, I, I kind of got my feelings about the, the Brooke Wells situation. Cause I don't think the foot hampered her all that much. Right. Like, I don't, I think that was a talking point, but I don't think it was a, it certainly wasn't the reason that she didn't do well in test one yeah. and she still got top 10 in test five. And, She's a runner, and and for that to be the injury, it's like some, there, there might have been some other things going on. I don't know what it is. Sure, but it was, certainly wasn't wasn't like her. But my my thing, and and getting back to like just this whole volume of athletes that punch their ticket, um, is that for us all weekend, we're looking dead at the second to last heat, like it's means mm. everything, and we've never had that experience before. So like all weekend, even from test one, we're like. Hey, but some of these people, hey, but yeah. some of these athletes. And before in the years past, we're just like, okay, hey, let's see, let's see how this goes in this heat. And maybe fillers. someone will win this heat. What's that? We would call them fillers. 
the, these are the people that we yeah. we peg to separate your top three athletes, not be a part of. Right, them. right. That's it. So true. And so I loved, I loved that. And and I didn't know how it would go, and I didn't know how you know engaged we'd be, and how much it would like actually um, force its hand. But you know, once you just look at the simple numbers, and on the men's side, it's you know twelve, and the ladies' side, it's eleven. You're like, well, this heat matters tremendously, and people could come all the way back from like twenty second to find their way in if the scores were that tight. And so I really loved that because of the engagement and urgency that we had covering the events, um, even for the teams with all top ten going this year. It was like, wow, so much mattered in that second to last heat, um, and and it. And it made it that much more enjoyable for me uh, from both the spectator's perspective and, and to cover the event. Yeah. And the team, and, and we've grazed over the teams, but the team division was just stacked. Like it was just, it was just hit after hit with those guys. Um, and you expect, you know, you expect proven to do what proven did and, you know, you expected independence to get in, but then I think the story of the, of the week was AB. Yes, and AB and the and their and their gang of just soccer fans <laughs> is basically what they brought with them. <laughs> yeah, I think they're that's the energy they had. Oh, absolutely. It, that energy. That's funny. Is that that was like Latin American in energy, and once you saw like all the flags starting to come out, it was like okay, so yeah, your your affiliate where everybody's training is in Miami. But you guys are bringing some Latin American in energy to this convention center, and it was awesome. Yes, absolutely awesome. I mean, Adrian, did you see in the final heat when AB was just like taking it to everybody? Like there were dudes in their fan section weeping, like not bro. It, it not wasn't like, even crying. Yeah, like yes. not what we were doing. Like James talking about his dad. I'm like, oh, okay, let me get this off my face. It's like uncontrollable, like controllable sobbing. It just yes. it was <laughs> wild, and I'm not making fun of it. I was like, "Oh that, yeah, no, no, that's the energy we need. We need more of that." Yeah, and and for that to be from a fan's perspective, and I'd love to get the backstory on this. Like, who was that? What was their relationship to whomever they were supporting there on the team? Right? Like, is it a husband? Is it a brother? Is it is it is it whatever? But that really shows, I think, the connection of what these athletes put into the sport when someone who's only a fan of it, whether by family or by friend or, 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 you know, by affiliate member, there supporting them for maybe CrossFit. It's like for them to get that emotional about what they're seeing take place on the, on the floor. It's like someone experiencing uh, living out a dream, someone, you know, sacrificing so much of their life in order to train and prioritize recovery. And, you know, all, all the things people that listen to this podcast, they're going to know, and they understand, right. What it means to be committed as an athlete in a sport, but to see that type of emotion, um, from just someone watching it there for the people on the floor, like to me, it's it's a really great expression of clearly the passion that goes on at that affiliate and how connected they are as a team to the community there, but also, you know, just really what the sport means to so many people when they get an opportunity to go to something like the CrossFit Games. Yeah, for sure. It, and and to see and there were so many storylines. Like those are those are, you know, two or three storylines that we just picked up on just to to talk about, but the Emma Carey comeback I mean that is, gosh, yeah, that is just scary. Um, but I, before we get into that, because I'm, we'll 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 wrap back around to that. I want to get each of yours, each of your number one moment. Like, is there one moment that that you took from the weekend 
And then I'm going to ask you about predictions. Hmm. Hmm. That's a good question. Because there are so many. I know I already mentioned one. Was there a defining (sighs) moment or just even just a favorite moment? Just, you know... like, and I'm going to, I'm going to shout out, you know, I'm going to shout out Hiller on this one because I don't know if you saw his latest video where he was talking about explaining it to, he was explaining CrossFit to this lady that was just in the stands that had no, she was there for her like daughter's boyfriend or whatever. And she had no idea about the sport and he sat there and explained it to her. It was a really cool video. I, I highly recommend going and watching it. And I know people either love or hate Hiller, but this is one of those videos where I was like, dude, you are this is the this is the man, when he's doing good he's doing great. oh man well i told him he's gonna not he's gonna stop being batman and start being star lord <laughs> be, because of the uh the scene in guardians of the galaxy where he gets a message to the the government that you know he's trying to defend the city and they send oh, a message yeah. to him and they go he, he's a criminal why should we believe him and he goes he thought you'd say that he wanted me to give you this message he said he's an a-hole and i quote but he's not a complete dick. <laughs> so, so I sent that to Hiller and he's like, this is the second Chris Pratt reference I've gotten today. That's funny. So, you know, so, you know, love him or hate him. He does have, you know, certain videos that just kind of strike a chord. And this is one of those ones. And he, you know, he, that's all he talked about was this is my moment of being able to explain it to somebody who, know, who doesn't know who I am, who doesn't know anything about the people on the floor or the sport and explaining it to them in a way that they understand because this woman was lost she was just watching people she's like i have no idea what they're going to do um mm. so I, I highly recommend you know just going and watching it and and, and seeing it and and kind of seeing the, the the banter back and forth because he explained he was explaining the um the snatch and 800 meter one and just did okay. a really good job of explaining it but that was a moment that was not a competition moment or a you know, or, or, or anything like that. It was kind of something off, off to the side. So it doesn't have to be a, you know, Oh, it was good to see this person or that person. It could be just, just a moment for you. I'm going to be selfish on this one. Yeah, do it. The, the podcast and what all you guys did to pull that off. Like that's, that's going to be the, the story with the beer in hand after one of these weekends that we're telling 10, 15 years from now, I I just feel like it was, it was one of that. It was so organic, unexpected, unexplainable, what we're trying to do in the process. And the fact that it even happened the way it did was icing on the cake. For me, the whole lead up to that was like things that I will remember and appreciate for a long time. What Mm. happened during it, I mean, that's, that was awesome. That was fun. But like what everybody did leading up 24 hours before to pull that off was one of my favorite moments in being a part of this community. It was really cool. Love it. I agree. I agree. It was, it was an amazing one. I'm going to, I'm going to reach for one on the competition floor then. And I, and it's mine's more so like an athlete uh, that I really enjoyed following throughout the course of, of this event as a whole which would be shelby neal mm. um watching her punch her ticket to the crossfit games after being there as like a teen um after admitting that her primary source of programming is what the affiliate does there uh at, at 12 state crossfit um 
and then just being kind of one of the unknowns that, that, you know, punched her first opportunity to cross her games last year, she was seventh at the Mac. So it was like, she was also one of those competitors that was like, Oh, it's, it's within my grasp. It's so close. And it, wow. and it came down to the fun. She was leading for a while there too. And I think that yep. crushed her mm. and still almost qualified. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. I mean, you could see her. Emotion. Yeah. I like it. Just everybody was emotional, but like big time. Was, yeah. <laughs> that was uh, that was a, that was a good one. And I'm gonna go kind of. I'm gonna go with Chase. Like my my, like you said, the thing that we're gonna be talking about years to come at the games or you know semis in the future is being able to work with you guys. That's gonna be special to me. Thank you guys for trusting me to to help put this thing on and and just be involved and be part of the process. It was a lot of fun getting to know you guys better, Adrian. I just met you thursday that's right <laughs> you know and now and now i'm like man these guys are you know we went to war together They're like these are these are my you know my battle bros and a couple know, of dudes that's bro, right yeah or bros being dudes i don't know the phrase something like that, that you know <laughs> but you know we got you know we went into battle together and i feel closer because of it you know with you guys and you know thank you guys so much for you know welcoming me welcoming welcoming me in and just i thoroughly enjoyed my time of kind of seeing a little bit behind the curtain and being able to be a part of that process was just very special to me because it's something I've been working towards and, you know, for, I mean, I've been volunteering at the CrossFit games since 2018, you know, mm-hmm. um, going to the games, you know, just doing this thing. And this was the very first time I would actually, I've actually been brought into um, an event as media. Well, uh, apart from Wadapalooza, but like a CrossFit, run event as media and it was very special to kind of have that be the you know be that experience you know as it was so thank you guys for for that and with that i'm going to pivot to do you think it come the podium comes out of the east at least i would say for the women um all three but do you think that we potentially have the crossfit games champ now that you know obviously we know tia's out and mal's out but they had a very strong showing. Um, do you think that we have podiums here in the East on men's, women's, or team? Men, I'm wanting Adler to take the, that next step, which is podium. Yeah. I think he, yep. can. he looked so good. Like, so good, we just didn't really even, like, make a stink about it. Right. We talked so about consistent, nonchalant, yeah. like just out there doing his thing. Calm. Did he? Did he win an event, or did he pull a Justin Medeiros? Hundred one. Yes. Yeah, he I think did. He won a test five, which to me I was like, what? So, <laughs> right. so funny thing about that, Buttery Bros just posted a video where, and I was standing on the railing when he came and did this, and and Julian was was recording. He they got done with test four, they come back to reset. And he walks up to us and he and he puts his thumb up. And he's like, and now we get to run an eight hundred meter sprint, yay! Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then he goes out and just demolished it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it was that was that was cool. So you so you think you think Adler? So think I'll, Adler's I'll, a podium contender. Okay, out of the the women, I think you have four solid, three or four solid athletes that could be podium dangers. Uh, Emma Carey, Daniel Brandon, Emma Lawson, obviously Amanda Barnhart had a great weekend too. I think this programming voted well for her skill set. 
Some did not, which she showed her her growth to. So, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think anybody out of this field is winning the CrossFit Games. I think that's going to be in Europe for the women. Horvath mm. still gets to show what she's been working on these last few months. True. You think uh, Eastville, uh, East Nashville has the team? I don't know, Adrian, you watched that a little bit more than me. I think uh, mm-hmm. they learned a lot. They have, I mean, this is their first real legit team competition. So I wasn't blown away by them, but at the same time, I wasn't judging them based off anything other than them just getting, like Reykjavik. Reykjavik was meh at semifinals. It might've been meh at the games too, but for different reasons, but that their first time getting together, I'm not going to judge anybody's performance on it. I wasn't expecting them to blow everybody away, but at the same time, I wasn't overly impressed because they didn't run away with it. I mean, they won a lot. Yeah. But yeah. I think they're just figuring it like this was the, the big training session for them as a team. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I agree. I'll pick up kind of where you left off chase with the teams to start. And I, and I think that, I think that, that proven, um, they're learning, but I also think that they showed some mortality. Mm-hmm. And I think if teams are watching closely, um, they'll start to understand that Proven's raw capacity with the worm, with if the big bob appears, with low skill, high volume, high load, like they're they're probably going to run away with those tests. But in the essence of high skills or in the presence of high skills, and depending on how prevalent those are at the CrossFit games, what, how, how deep Boz gets in his bag with the teams, parallettes, parouettes on the hands, mm. um, legless rope climb up and down. And what's the volume look like? Is the rope going to be fat? Is it going to be regular? Like there are just so many things where I think could actually present a pretty substantial problem for them with teams that are lighter or smaller in stature and, you know, my, my point is, I think that the, they showed me that the door is actually open to beat them. They are not as guaranteed a first place finisher at the CrossFit Games as I I may have put them naturally prior to watching them this weekend. Um, and I think we'll learn a lot as we watch the teams in the West go with Invictus and a few others there. And then the same with with Europe unfolding week three. Um, we'll, we'll start to have we'll have a, a deeper conversation about it. But but to me, there's they showed that the door is a little cracked there and people can certainly get on top of that podium and make a run at the affiliate cup. And with that is that if if all things were somewhat equal going into the games, I look at Invictus with their whole year of experience coming back for the sole reason to win the CrossFit games, obviously all these top teams, that's their reason, but to bring everybody back, the same people back, that's an advantage for someone like Invictus for Oslo. That's an advantage for someone who's been on second, what, second twice? Is They have been second two years in a row? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I believe and so, yeah. The one question mark I have out there is what is this Ocean and Mayhem team going to look like at semifinals next? Right. Right? This weekend, this Oceania. Week, yeah, I think it's week two. I yeah. think it's week two, yes. Right, so yep. we get to see Invictus how they stack up to the field. Obviously they're a different playing field, but we can now, and this is the beauty of standardized programming is we can draw storylines early on and feed those into the Grasa games. How are they going to look with the same tests? Uh, a whole week to practice, which is very beneficial for teams, more beneficial mm-hmm. for teams than it is for Indy. Yeah. How's mayhem going to look out in uh, 
I guess it, is it Mayhem Torian? Because they're out of yes, Cross of Torian. I believe so. I believe so. Probably. It might not be that order, but that's their name. Yeah. You know, you're out there. Whatever. Yeah. And then Oslo. Oslo's a big question mark, especially after quarterfinals, because Adrian, when you were talking about like high skills being a a crux or a, a problem for proven, it looked like to me those high skills were a problem isolated for Oslo, at least during quarterfinals. And that'll be and they have two weeks. Right. So they have two weeks to right. to to practice and, and get that under under control for for that side. Um Adrian, who do you have for individual? Man, you know, man, that's a that's a <laughs> that's a that's a really good question. In my opinion, on the women's side, um, I, I do believe that we could see a champion coming out of the East um, with what we will watch. Now, I, I will agree that my natural favorites uh, to grace the podium will will probably come out of out of the out of Europe. But what Emma Carey put together, um, what Daniel Brandon put together, um, knowing the experience that Danielle Brandon had last year, finishing fourth and getting close. Um, I still think that Emma Lawson is going to put together a very strong game season, especially once we get to Madison and we see a more, more broad test. Um, we certainly can't count her out, even though she wasn't on the podium in the East. Um, but I, I do, I do believe that um, I don't know that I would say the podium will be set out of the East. I, I certainly wouldn't go as far as yeah. to say no one else will grace the podium, but I, I think there's a potential that we see, uh, a champ come out of come out of this semi, um, and and equally I think the same on the men's side. Uh, I think that the men. I think Adler. Um, we got Roman who had. And I'm sure that if we went back and asked, you know, what what happened to him on like test two, um, there there would be some things where he's like, hey, obviously ring muscle ups. I need to work at them. And how much can he improve at them between now and, and the CrossFit Games? We'll see. But we know that they'll probably be there or or some similar test that measures a similar uh, stimulus to those. Um, so will that be his one glaring weakness? Because we see that even in a field that's not quite as stacked as the CrossFit Games like that, that cost him the podium. Yeah. Um, so will it will it do the same thing in Madison this year if it appears in a similar way? Uh, without you know his his home runs, but I like Adler a lot. Um, I'm really hoping equally to to say what Chase shared is like, I want this to be a year for him where we see what he's purely capable of. Uh, meaning that you know whether whether it's been expectations in the past that, or pressure that he puts on himself, um, lack of lack of competition experience, which which clearly has become a non-subject because he's made it so many times now. Uh, but I, but I'd like to see him put together. And I think if he does put it all together um, with where he's trending, watching him take a first place on a test, like a, you know, eight snatches, which were seemingly irrelevant in that last heat into a pure 800 meter run test. Um, I, I like him being able to give Medeiros a run for his money, uh, let alone try to vie for a spot in the top three. Gotcha. Well, I'm going to go out on a, on a complete limb and I'm going to say Emma Carey is going to podium. And I feel like she has a potential to possibly win the whole thing. And I feel like everybody forgot about her because she was gone for a year. And be, but if you remember two years ago, it was her and Mal. It was her and Mal. Mm -hmm. It was those are the two we were talking about. She would have won Granite Games. She swung for the fences and missed, and or she or she would have won that event, or or she would have won the the whole thing. Swung for the fence, missed. Ariel picks up the win. I, I mean. But she knew that she 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 took a calculated risk there, and that was before she went went with brute, 
And now she's with Brute, and everything they're cranking out, I mean, 50% of the entire podium from the East was Brute. You had one on the one on the men, two on the women. 50% Brute, uh, what was it? Mayhem, HWPO, and then Adler. So, I mean, they, they showed up. <laughs> they showed up big. Uh, so I expect some big things out of them, but I'm calling Emma Carey, at least on the women's side, to, to definitely podium. Um, you know, it might be the bold, bold prediction, but, hey, you know, to see, to, see what, to mm-hmm. see what she did on the last event with the sandbag after what happened to her at Wadapalooza with the sandbag True. and Good. to see her pick it up, hyper-focus on it. I mean, she bought the sandbag at Wadapalooza like she bought them just like directly from the competition was like, go ahead and put that in my car. I'm going to take that home and I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to work on that. And she did. And then she goes and wins the event right next to Danielle, who is easily one of the favorites, I think as well to, to be up there and on the podium. So I think the, the strides that she's taken and the measures she's taken and the way that, that Matt is coaching all of those athletes, I think her, especially he knows how to tap in when he needs to tap in and, and, get her to push when she needs to push and she's just it's scary like when she gets into that zone i mean she just turns into a monster and uh so that's my pick on that side um men's a little bit more wide open uh to me i do (laughs) i do think adler i think this is his time i think he's he's gonna take the you know take the canadian flag and run with it and uh you know be the uh the canadian champ for for this year and and a few more years but, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. So, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and yeah. breaking this whole thing down. And I, I'm glad that we got to, like, put the story together so that we can put it out and tell people, you know, hey, this is this is how it went down. This is behind the scenes. And, and exactly, you know, the questions that we were getting on the live feed, we got to answer some of those and, and, and get, <laughs> yeah. it, get it out there. Not a, a potato. I was like, an iPhone 10. It's the same thing, right? Yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> Did you, do you have an iPhone 10? I think so. I think that's what I have. <laughs> <laughs> you only got one camera on the back or something, you know? <laughs> oh, then I know you guys are like, Hey, look, if you can, you can go extra wide in this button, I go, don't have that button. Sorry. <laughs> Looks like this is the button cam for interviews only. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, awesome guys. Thank you so much. Um, you go, both are going to Pasadena. So yes, I think Adrian will be in Pasadena. Adrian will be in Pasadena. And you- then, uh, I, Will not be in Pasadena. I don't think, but possibly Berlin, but possibly Berlin, and potentially Pasadena virtually. I'm assuming maybe yeah. Friday. We're gonna, we'll see. As much as work as we put into a couple of days ago, it is a uh, a lot more work is uh, being done at the moment. So yeah. we'll see. Well, they I have a, fit- they have a week as opposed to a day. True true but uh yeah we're uh we're trying to figure out obviously the answer is always yes um with whatever we can do but uh nothing's uh officially put in place yet but uh yes the work continues to uh help support the the athletes and their fans uh the fans around the world and those that just uh, can't get enough of this stuff which is includes uh, mm-hmm. us. <laughs> all so. right 
All right. And um, and if we do see you in Pasadena and Berlin, we can expect to find you on the couch later on <laughs> after after you get back to back to home. Um, no, you, you won't find me on the couch. You'll find my wife on the couch because she's been <laughs> taking care of home <laughs> so much since. So, yeah, I, I will not be on the couch. I'll probably send my wife on like a week long vacation to her favorite sunny, sandy destination. There you go. <laughs> destination of your choice um and obviously chase we can't you know we can't end a podcast without a little hashtag space wolves <laughs> space wolves we, we got a, we got a clue we got a clue adrian in on it <laughs> but um guys <laughs> thank you so much for uh for being on the show and uh man thanks for all you're doing for the community getting the getting the broadcast out there and everything you guys do to to make the sport legitimate and make it you know something that we can all follow and enjoy so thank you guys so much pleasure man thank you thank you you've been listening to the wex appeal podcast get connected by heading to instagram youtube and tiktok at wex appeal podcast for more bonus buffoonery and to get the full wex experience plus make sure to subscribe on your podcast app today Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time for more barbells, beats, and buffoonery.